This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. Now, Sally Lucas, you've just come back from an area that not many people have been to. I don't think so, Jane. I mean, there would be some people that have been to this area of Thailand that I visited. Uh, it is more off the beaten track, so no doubt there could be some people that have, have foraged into that area. Um, but certainly it's never been promoted in Australia before. It sounds as though it might be a bit of a wilderness area, isn't it? it well, it's sort of a bit of everything. It was, it was a fascinating journey. Journey we did actually. I mean, we flew into Bangkok, of course, as you do with with Thai. We only had the first night there, and then we headed off the next day by bus. So we don't often do that. They often fly you to points, but they really, I guess, wanted us to experience this region and what it had to offer. So it was a lot of travelling. We did about eighteen hundred kilometres in six and a half days. So um, there were, you know, a couple of long days. But for the general public who would do this, we would suggest they fly one way and coach the other because they may not want to do the whole itinerary that I did. They may only want to do portions that interest them. So often when we think about Thailand, we think of beaches and... Yes, and shopping and how cheap it is. And, you know, I guess it's taken off in a sense, from Bali, where a lot of people aren't comfortable going back to Bali. Of course, some are. Thailand is a really good alternative because a bit further to fly, of course, a little bit more expensive for your airfare. But once you're there again, you know, your accommodation costs, your touring costs, your meals and your shopping, of course, are so inexpensive. So I guess it's got a real appeal from a cost point of view to people. But I think I just want to point out today, like lots of countries in the world that have been opening their doors to tourism in recent years to pockets that we haven't seen before we are now have maybe something to offer the public out there who only perceive Thailand to be beaches and shopping this is going to offer that traveler a different alternative which I hope they'll take on board because it was a fascinating area so which area is now it? we virtually headed initially sort of north but northeast not due north out of Bangkok so where Chiang Mai if we looked at a map of Thailand Chiang Mai is heading due north, if you like, which borders on Burma and Phuket and the islands are sort of due south. So we're heading northeast and we eventually followed the Mekong. Once we headed across country and reached the, the east coast, we followed the Mekong River for a great portion of the journey. And that was quite fascinating in itself because bordering on Laos, you're so close they say in the dry season, you can actually the river drops so much you can walk across the river into Laos. And one thing, like yeah, and one thing, I, and it was very full because it had a lot of rain this rainy season. It was extremely full, of course. Um, and one point we went to, which was the furthest north we went, it was a, a, you know, a town called Nong Kai. And I hadn't realised, and I guess until you get a map out and really look, we were only 24 kilometres from Vientiane, which is the capital of Laos. And I hadn't realised that the Thai border to the north was actually that close to the capital of Laos. So it's quite an easy itinerary if you wanted to do a combination, obviously, of Laos and Thai. And, of course, further south you've got Cambodia as well. But certainly Laos just pockets in rather nicely if you wanted to do a combination itinerary and it's very easy to do. So we headed, as I said, northeast and I'll try and pronounce the names of these towns correctly. The first one we stopped at was Nakon Ratchatsima and it was a really interesting little town and all of these along the way, there's their prasats which are like shrines if you like. A lot of them go back to 1200 
you know, BC. And so you're looking at ancient areas, which people mightn't realise. I mean, they all know Thailand has its temples, etc., but they probably think more of the gold guild, you know, that style of temple. Whereas here you're getting these beautiful stone structures, like when you go to Machu Picchu and you say, how did they build that? when they had no nails, no cement, no mortar, you know, and you've got these perfectly hewn blocks of stone and, and the precision, like I was standing on one of these prasats in the centre where they had a Buddha in the very centre, and in each direction, if you looked, the archways of doors, if you like, that went through this, this shrine, which was massive, were so symmetrical, like you could just sense there wouldn't have been a, a centimetre out and you think, wow, you know, and you're, you're touching things that have been hand-carved by people that long ago that you're still able to touch and feel. And, and just and you could sit there really and become quite oblivious to things around you and take in this wonderful, you know, shrines and the, and the surrounds that they're in. They're absolutely stunning. Um, Would they have been uh, pilgrimage destinations? Would people have well, gone on? Well, the thing with Thai, Thailand, which, again, the public may not realise, is that it is the only Asian country that has never been colonised. They have always been ruled by Thai people which is quite a unique thing. So mm. they have their own history. I mean, of course, now we do have a blend because, you know, poor people are trying to get in from Burma and they've had refugees and people come in. So you do have a mix. And even the Thai in Bangkok are, are more a Chinese Thai mix and they look different to the Thai from the south who are almost pure 100% Thai. So you do get a marriage of, of races that are in there now, but they've still only ever been ruled. And, of course, their king is the most important person in the world to them. You know, that the king is... It's not been well, and they were so concerned for his well-being. Of course, it's his 80th birthday coming up, and you know he's he's just considered almost like a, a god to them. He, he does such wonderful things and lots of projects for the poor, and helps in restoration of historical areas. He does a lot of work. He's entirely. a real person too, all the time. Yes, absolutely. Not oh. just a figurehead. We're talking travel on to a new RFM, and Sally Lucas has just had a wonderful trip away to a wonderful part of Thailand. And we've just started on the journey with her. We so. have just started, and I feel that we could go on for weeks because I've hardly covered it. <laughs> but, however, um, I will continue on this journey. We continued on then to Surin. We went via this Phnom Rung, was the historical part with this wonderful Prasat I was telling you about, which is just fantastic. And there was another one close by called Prasat Hin Muang Tam. And, and they are both stunning and slightly different in colours of whatever stone is indicative of that area. Like some of them were like in the pink hue of that beautiful pink sandstone. So they almost had a glow about them, you know. So very, very, oh, yes, peaceful, beautiful beautiful buildings. When we went to Surin, which is famous for its elephant roundup every year, which is about to start, I think, very soon, next week maybe. But we went there to see the elephants and it's they've again the king supported this. It was to reinstate the closeness with elephants with a family. So each family looks after the elephant like it was their own child, pet, whatever you want to call it. And they build their houses up so the elephant can live underneath. And they are trained and they have their own mahouts who train them, etc. So, and they do perform and I'm not all that fussed on them doing that. But I mean, they were being well looked after. I'll have to say that. So it wasn't like you were seeing them doing anything they didn't seem to enjoy doing. Um, and then you get the opportunity to ride the elephants and see them bathed and all that sort of stuff. So for anyone who, who loves animals, that was a nice option as well. Um, then we headed across through another town called Ubon Ratchatani, which again, very historical. Lot 
lots of beautiful prasats and buildings there. We had two nights there. Then we headed straight across to the Mekong River to the Lao border. And you have a confluence of two rivers there called the Mun, which is really Moon, so Moon River, and um, the Mekong. And they call them two coloured rivers because, of course, the Mekong with flood picks up all the silt, as you can imagine. So at the moment it was very, very brown and even the moon was. But they said you come back in the dry season and the Moon River is this beautiful blue when there's no rain bringing all the the silt down. And so we went there and we then continued on going further north and ended up at this little town called Renu Nakon where there's a female Lord Mayor. And we had the most amazing reception I've ever had. I was almost in awe, humbled, almost embarrassed. You know, they made such a fuss of this group of travel agents and journalists that had travelled to their village and we had this huge reception with with just a complete line of people either side of dignitaries welcoming us all and providing us with little jackets and cummerbunds and magnificent food and the beautiful dancing of that region which is different to your other traditional Thai dancing so we got to experience culture as well which was wonderful as well as history um, then we went on further to a, a town called Nakon Phnom um, and by the way on the border they have border markets where you can get sort of different types of little purchases too which are very very cheap as well then we actually headed again we went sort of due west heading back towards the center of thailand and we went past uh, an area called ban chiang national museum and this is incredible dig they found relics and wonderful pieces of pottery skeletons that they found by accident when they were some i think people were digging and came across and they dug more and dug more so again you've got a lot of history here um and we were just the first people to, to go into this museum. It's a brand new museum and they opened it especially for us. It wasn't officially open to the public yet even. Uh, we went to silk weaving villages that are supported by the Queen. She goes there every year to this particular vigi- uh, village where they made um, the outfits for APEC when it was there and the hand weaving. When you see the work that goes into them weaving this Thai silk when they said it was it took 100 days to make 2 metres when it's a really entailed pattern Mm. and there's no pattern in sitting in front of them to look at it's all in the head it's all in the head it's just remarkable i mean their art and craft in this area is full-on and being fully supported by the royal family which is a wonderful thing because they don't want to see it die out they're worried that it's not going to be passed down so they have the young girls even you know employing them to learn the art form as well and then we continued further north right to the border again of the Mekong River to the Lao border where it was only 24 kilometres which I hadn't realised that was that close to Vientiane which is the capital of Lao and this was the lovely little border markets at Nong Kai and we also went to a fantastic historical park there with these incredible shapes of rocks that was once underwater of course it was all formed glacially so you got these incredible shapes and rock art like we have here with the Aboriginals so very lots of history you you could, you could have spent ages in some of these national parks we went to and museums, etc. So really has a lot to offer for someone who's interested in art, craft, culture, history. And we learnt a lot about the Thai people and a lot about their close relationship with Lao. They've had a very close relationship, not so with Burma, of course, but um, they certainly have with Lao, and it's wonderful to see. So, yeah, look, I, I could waft on forever, but I know I can't do that, so I'll just let it go at that for today. But I'll just let people know that it is a wonderful opportunity to visit a new region of Thailand, the Isan region. You, would you describe it as unspoilt? At this stage, yes. At this stage, 
Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news here on 2NURFM 103.7.